Hello, everybody. It's Matthew with the Jio Nation podcast. It is Friday, October 9th at 3.51 p.m. It is 3.51 a.m. back where I used to grow up in Detroit. Uh, sometimes it's funny to think about the world uh, as it is physically. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to dig in the sandbox with my sister in uh, Detroit. And my dad and mom used to say, hey, you dig deep enough, you're going to come to China. Uh, strangely enough, I am sitting on the other side of that hole that uh, I might have dug had I uh, had more technology. <laughs> Anyways, I am sitting here in my office. I am not riding around the world, which I should be doing very soon. This is a podcast about me, uh, my experiences, the people I meet, and the places I go as I ride a recumbent trike around the world. Uh, I have not started yet. I'm waiting on a few more things to come together. So these uh, podcasts here are not going to be as uh, social involving other people as I meet around the world. I'm using these as an opportunity to tell you a little bit about what I've been doing to prepare uh, and some of the background of the trip so that that will be out of the way. And by the time I get on the road, you all will understand what is going on. So uh, welcome. Uh, this is my uh, second or third podcast. Yeah, actually, this is number two, the officially number two podcast. So uh, what happened today? Well, uh, I had a couple of really cool things arrive. One of them uh, was a torque wrench. Uh, torque wrench are, if for those of you that don't know, is a wrench that has a gauge on it that reacts to pressure and torque. So if you are actually uh, trying to ratchet down something and it requires a very specific uh, torque amount, uh, the, the amount is actually Newton meters, NM, uh, then it will click and... Uh, notify you when you've reached this specific torque. Why do I need a torque wrench? Well, I have a something that's called a planetary schlump drive that is on the front of the trike. And uh, originally, that was just one of the reasons why I've delayed my trip. I was supposed to be gone about a month ago. One of the reasons I delayed was because uh, fully loaded, I carry about 500 pounds. And when I was riding uh, recently, I, uh, I was fully loaded, ready to go. I had all my gear. Everything was situated and uh, spirits were high. I had said goodbye. I went to the going away party that some people had held for me. And uh, at the going away party, everybody bid their farewells. Uh, and that night, expecting me to be on the road the next day, it was September 15th. I was supposed to be gone September 16th. And uh, on my way home, a little inebriated, but still workable, I was riding over uh, an overpass uh, here in China on my way home to my apartment. And as I was going over the overpass, it was fairly steep. And I used these steep inclines, uh, which aren't even close to the steep inclines on some particular roads in the middle of nowhere. But they give me a chance to test out my uh, gearing system. So I, I go through all the gears. I figure out, you know, the, the easy gear to kind of just go up. And then I bring that down and I try and uh, figure out where I stand and where I physically stand. If I'm carrying too much weight in order to, you know, tax my system too much. And what I found out was uh, when I got a little bit high, low in the gears, just slightly, 
um, my planetary gear started to give a whir. Uh, it's sort of like a grind, but it wasn't grinding. It was just a just a heavy sound. It was laden. It was uh, it was having a tough time. So uh, it's called a high speed drive planetary drive and the idea behind it is instead of having a derailleur a derailleur are those uh, like two uh, chain rings that uh, two sprockets basically that that are uh, attached together or a number of them you know mountain bikes have all sorts of different ones and then the derailleur moves the chain up and down based on what kind of gear ratio you want Um, a trike is a special animal because the length of the chain is so long that the distance between the front uh, chain ring and the rear gearing uh, is like going from almost six feet, you know, it's almost like a, a meter and a half, two meters distance. So um, the chain has a lot of slack. There's a lot of opportunity for the chain to, you know, decrease in size. And the uh, this is from what I know, and I'll tell you what, I am not a cycle professional. I'm a lot better than I used to be, but this is what I've kind of garnered and what I've kind of understood is that the the length of the chain has an effect on the whole system. And I have a internal speed hub on the rear. So I have an inter- internal gearing system on the rear as well as uh, this internal gearing system on the front. I could have had a, um, a derailleur with two uh, chain rings. Now, the problem with the derailleur, first of all, you have all this extra gearing and shifters and things that you've got to carry wires up and have them attached to your handlebars and and you got to shift and all these different things, which is something I can deal with. What I couldn't deal with was the ratio that I had. Uh, When I went to HP Velotechnic, the company that built the trike and asked, could I have this derailleur? Because I wanted a, a more uh, options with gearing uh, because I knew that I was going to carry more weight and therefore I knew that I had to have a little bit more uh, gearing options. They told me that um, I couldn't have a... Uh, I could only have two rings. Three rings apparently would cause some problems with the system the way it was. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, I trusted their judgment. They said that, uh, but the rings had to be, they couldn't be so small and so large. There had to be a certain uh, closeness to them. And uh, like, for example, uh, originally I was riding with a a solid ring on the front. It didn't have a derailleur. It was just one ring. And the size I think I had was in the 30s. I think it was like 38 or something. Teeth. When I say 38, I mean the teeth on the ring. And I was thinking that ideally I would like to have more in the case of those long distance rides where you're on a flat path or even a decline and you want to maximize your rotations to get the max out of that rear tire, max you know distance, so that you can just kind of sit there, relax, and get up some speed. But I also wanted a small enough ring so that when I was hitting those hills, I could go all the way down super easy and just spin my legs around and get the maximum amount of rotations out of my feet that would turn the wheel uh, in the in the rear, uh, in which case, you know, I'm talking extremely low, low gearing. So um, if I wanted like a 30 
tooth ring on the front, then I could only have something like a 42 or something uh, tooth as my secondary uh, ring that I would use to uh, use my uh, shifter to go to. I ended up actually buying and getting it. And uh, when I came back from Germany, I had this thing. And I don't know where I figured it out. Somebody maybe online suggested it and said, hey, what, did you, what do you think about these planetary drives? And I says, well, what's the benefit of having these planetary drives? They said, well, the great thing about it, there's a few. One, it's all internal gearing. So, and it's, and it's solid. So, so there's no way that dirt and grime can get in your gearing and mess it up. It's extremely reliable. Um, two, you lose all those cables and stuff that go up to the front gear shifters. Instead, you simply have a button on either side of the of the gearing on the on the on the pedal arms. And when you're pedaling, you just take your heel and you just tap the button on one side. It goes to the other side and it shifts you into the engaged gear. And then you're going, oh, you want to go back down? You click the other heel on the other side and shift that gear and it disengages the gear gear. Um, this is, is easy. You know, it takes out a bunch of extra hardware that's going to be everywhere and kind of compartmentalizes everything. Uh, the third and most uh, beneficial is the, the ratio. Now, uh, I use a high speed drive. There's also another one with a greater ratio, but, uh, they did recommended that with my trike setup and my speed hub in the back that I use this specific, uh, high speed drive. I'm sorry. I'm very technical. We will get into more cool stuff later as far as my path goes. So just sweat through me, sweat with me through this technical stuff. I think it'd be very interesting for you guys to know because it's a unique product. Anyways, the gearing ratio is 1 to 1.65. Um, so what, the, what does that mean? Well, it means that whatever teeth, uh, let's see here, whatever teeth you have existing on the base ring, oh, that's the other thing, there's no two rings, there's only one ring. The one ring engages regular so that you're, if it's a 30-tooth ring, it's acting like a 30-tooth ring. But if you press that button, the planetary gears inside engage, and you have 30 times 1.65. So that actually engages up to 49.5-tooth ring equivalent. So you can see that I get a lot more... Uh, size uh, 49 or a 52 ring is a lot larger than a 42 which is what I had with the derailleur that I was going to be set up with before what does this mean it means that I've got more versatility more uh, gears to work with on the road and the more gears I have I want to be able to go from really low to really high depending on what situation I'm in now my old schlump drive was a 30 tooth ring um but uh let's see here they they uh when they recommended that i get okay so it was a 32th ring let me digress uh i was riding and i was engaged you know engaging the drive on this overpass i heard some grinding so i called schlumpf uh and the company that produces schlumpf is in germany 
And uh, they are uh, produced by a company called Haberstock Mobility. Um, uh, and the guy there is really nice. He's, he's been working with me quite a bit. And uh, I called him and I said, hey, you know, I don't know if this is going to be a problem in the future. But I, I actually, when I was riding, I was so apprehensive in my gearing because I heard that sound that I was, I was actually staying with the original gear, which was uh, the 30 and not diversifying my gearing ratio, which is what the planetary gear is for. I wanted to use it for its purpose, and I felt like I uh, wasn't able to. So um, I called them and said, I'm nervous about running with this thing around the world. If I feel this way now, what's going to happen when I'm riding up uh, in the Himalayas or whatever and I have a problem? And uh, so he said, how much weight are you pulling? I said, oh, about 500 pounds, including my body weight. And he says, wow, I wish you would have told me. I wish you would have asked, <laughs> you know, but either way, there was a miscommunication. And he said, that's not the right drive for you. You need a uh, different one, which was the, it was still a high speed drive, same ratio. But he said that um, I have a special version of the speed drive. It's a BCD 110. And uh, the housing is welded and not pressed like the one I had was pressed. And he says, uh, for what I have, it was not right. He apologized. He said, if you could send, uh, I'll send you out one immediately. And the other thing that's kind of interesting was that the base uh, tooth, the base teeth on the chain ring was 34. So I was going from 30, I would be going from 30 to 34 on the lowest possible uh, gearing um, possible. So what that does is with a 34, I multiply that by 1.65 and I get 56. So I've instantly, now I've lost a couple of uh, degrees uh, on the lowest end which sucks. Uh, possibly I might have some trouble going up uh, a sheer mountain face, but I've also gained up to in almost 60 and 56 tooth using the ratio, which will give me a lot more longevity when I'm on those straightaways. The sacrifice I think is okay because uh, when I was using the old one, I was actually riding up this overpass and I couldn't quite go as low as possible. It was so, it was, my feet were spinning so uh, fast that I, I was like, this is kind of pointless. Um, I, I, I didn't think it was necessary to go that low. So the 34 was a good option for me and I'm happy. So they sent it out to me. Long roundabout situation. When it arrived, the the way that these planetary gears are installed are, are much different than your standard front chain ring. Uh, instead of having like slippage where the, the pedals are turning and all that mechanism inside is turning around within the hollowed out uh, through hole of where, where you're, geez, I'm really stupid with uh, technical terms on bicycles. Either way, it's very special. And in order for this uh, schlumpf drive to work properly, it's 
had to be tightened down specifically at 140 newton meters. Now, 140 newton meters, as far as torque, is a little bit on the high end. Typically, when you're working with bicycles and things like this, you're not getting up into the hundreds necessarily. And so I had to order the special torque wrench. You might ask, well, why, why didn't you use the one you used in the beginning to install the first Schlumpf drive? Oh, well, that's a good question. Uh, dicks <laughs> because I uh, I actually ordered one from an online retailer called Taobao. It's, it's the Chinese version of eBay. And I bought one, used it, and then sent it back thinking I will never need to use this thing again. I'm going to start my tour. And once it's on, you typically don't really ever need to take it off. So I sent it back and... Uh, <laughs> Stupid, I, I didn't realize I was going to need one again. So I found out I needed one again. I had to order it from Tabo. It took a little while to get out here while it arrived. Um, and so today, as a matter of fact, I just got back from the bike shop and we took off the old one, put on the new one, and uh, we're good to go with that. I'm, I'm super excited. I was riding home with it. It seems like it's okay. It, it has a little wiggle to the left and the right if you take the the chain ring and like try and uh basically torque it to the left and the right it has a little wiggle um i don't know if that's normal or whatnot i put the question out to schlumpf and i asked them and took a little video of that and, and we'll see what they say a couple of other things that arrived um for the trike as long as we're on that topic is um is uh, flags now uh before the accident and due in part probably f the fault of myself causing the accident somehow is visibility i didn't have any lights on the rear of the trailer i didn't have uh i had flags but they were very small uh, when you ride a trike, you're sitting so low, you need some visibility up high. So a lot of people put flags. I had these little Jio flags that I had made here in China, put them up, and, and I thought they were okay. There's one flag that sits on the trailer and one flag that sits on the trike, and they stand up about you know, a little bit eye level to me, so two meters. Um, I thought they were sufficient. Uh, another visibility thing was, was dirt and grime. That day it was very wet and rainy, and I was getting all sorts of slime and shit on my trike, and that was get, causing me problems too. Um, all of that led to... I mean, it was the fault of the guy that ran into me. I was on the shoulder. He ran off the road to get me. He was probably chatting on his phone. Possibly, I could add a neon sign strapped to the, to the back of the trike. It wouldn't have done no good, but... This time around, I'm trying to do things better and trying to make it as um, make myself as visible as possible. Check all the boxes. Uh, I've improved trailer. I've improved a bunch of stuff. We'll talk more about my ride kit later. Uh, but I just want to tell you what arrived today. One thing that arrived was flags. Uh, I've got some great partners that uh, I wouldn't say they're partners. I'd say they're fans and fellow trike riders and fellow people in the industry that have become uh, very helpful to me. One of them is in Oregon. His, uh, his company 
things called T-Cycle, TerraCycle. He produces all sorts of stuff for recumbents. Uh, a lot of stuff is actually uh, handmade, you know, like he, he fabricates stuff. It's fantastic. And he's gotten into the Jayode World Tour before I had the accident. He was, he was, he was communicating with me back and forth, helping me with different things. Uh, since the accident, he sent me a bunch of stuff, said, hey, you know, I want to help you out. So he sent me a bunch of um, cool tools that I can add to the trike, accessories and things like that, bags. He's really invested quite a lot in the tour as far as helping me with things. I really appreciate it from anybody that can. But he just called me the recently and he said, hey, I got I'm, I'm doing this new line of flags. Wow, these things are really cool. I put a video up on Jio.com and you can take a look. Um, but, uh, these things are really nice looking and, uh, they, uh, they have, they have integrated reflection in it. They even have the Jio logo and Jio.com on there. It's really neat. And he gave me two of those, one for the front trike area and one for the back trailer area. Uh, I, I had already had a, a custom, beautiful, big flag made by a lady named Shelly Strasener, Strasener, uh, or Shelly Strasener's friend. I, I'm not sure exactly sure how it was fabricated, but she called me up and she says, I have the ability to get you one of these flags. I would like to make you one. I sent her my logo and she produced this thing. It's got, it's very big. It's large and takes up a large area of surface uh, uh, as it extends out from the flagpole. And uh, it works perfectly in the rear of the trailer. It's going to be really nice. So I'm going to have three really beautiful flags as well as uh, some more uh, decals and things like this that will alert people to my presence. Decals provided also by T-Cycle, TerraCycle. I say T-Cycle because if you want to reach them online, it's t-cycle.com, but it's actually TerraCycle. Um, TerraCycle is is doing these line of like really high-end reflective decals. And he said, hey, send me your logo. I want to play around. So he actually actually produced a bunch of these custom Jio decals that will reflect under light and uh, alert people to my presence even more. Really, really awesome. He did them in yellow, black, and red. So I'll be decking out my trike with some custom TerraCycle reflectors. So today I went out um, to the bike shop. I also had, uh, I, I used the original two front tires from the accident to incorporate into this new ride. So I went to the bike shop and changed the rubber on those. Typically, I, they had enough rubber on it, I guess, but I felt like if I started out fresh, I should start out with some fresh tires too. So they did that uh, and uh, went over the whole trike, did a once-over on my gearing and my brakes, and and uh, and now I feel like I'm really ready to go. The other thing they did was take a couple of links out of my chain. They said it was, it was sagging a little bit, which might help actually the gearing. So I'm really excited to um, get to work and get on the road and uh, and and rock this thing out again. When you want to do video on the road, you have to take a lot of things into consideration. If you're riding out of a, uh, running out of a backpack, let's say you're a backpacker, you might be able to only carry like one of those handheld cameras, uh, possibly a DSLR. But most of the time, you're probably going to deal with like one of those handheld cameras you can touch or just use your phone. And, and to be honest, the iPhone does some amazing things these days. Well, 
I opened my uh, email today, uh, and I saw I, I I have a problem. I love toys. I'm not that backpacker guy. As a matter of fact, most of the weight that people would scoff at me for carrying is is video gear and support equipment to get good video and audio stuff and uh, I just love it I I have to admit you know the ability to share uh, my experiences with others in the way that I can and design for for them is is just awesome I I have a bad memory myself so the ability to record my life and make it pleasurable to watch you know a lot of people have boxes of of my dad for example has boxes of eight millimeter tapes uh most families have boxes of of some form of media that is recorded on their camera they walk around and do birthdays and things like this but will you ever look at it again will that become something that might appeal to somebody else besides you because it's one thing for you to be interested in in your own in your own past which is great which is wonderful i'm not knocking it but it's another thing to share your experiences with the world and make it interesting for other people and that's my goal so I have DSLRs, I have tripods, I have a drone I carry with me, I have uh, GoPros and mounts and, and uh, audio equipment and lav mics and this thing I'm talking to right now, audio recorder, all these different things. And they're all critical for me to use on the road. I got to make sure that they're light and they're the smallest and they're not like, you know, you know, some sort of road kit that you might get you know, for, for a movie or whatever, but I could do some pretty awesome stuff on the road. And my heaviest piece of gear is my DSLR. It's a 5D Mark III. I carry three types of lenses along the way. Each lens is fairly heavy. The body of the camera is heavy. The batteries are heavy. The chargers are heavy. heavy. Uh, the, everything that relates to that camera is heavy. Even the lightest stuff on the market, which is what I've been trying to spend my money on to get the lightest stuff, is still pretty heavy. So um, today I received an email from DJI. Now, DJI is the company that builds the drone that I have. Um, and uh, the, the, the drone... Um, the drone I have is a... Um, is a uh, Phantom Professional 3. Uh, I can film in 4K. I can do some pretty amazing stuff. It's, it's a pretty incredible piece of engineering. And uh, I, I, I subscribe to their newsletter, their online newsletter, because uh, they're always putting out some interesting things and updates for the drone. Well, I just got an email about a product they call the Osmo, O-S-M-O. Oh, my gosh. This thing, it puts the drone camera, you know, that you'd have on one of their higher-end drones and puts it at the end of a handlebar, basically. And this handlebar uh, can control the camera, pan it left, pan it right, move it up, move it down. Uh, but the camera itself is on a gimbal. If you don't know what a gimbal is, uh, a gimbal is is a thing that sits underneath the drone so that if the drone is flying forward, is tilted to the left, tilted to the right, the camera stays stable. Um, this is basically a handheld gimbal. 
I actually have a handheld gimbal from a company called Feiyu Tech in uh, in Guilin. And uh, I, they've been really nice to me in talking. But this Osmo, oh, man. The camera itself is so powerful. It films in 720 all the way up to 4K, uh, 4,000 pixels. And it has speed rates all the way to 60 frames per per second so you can really get those slow motion shots that's great but the problem with all of these cameras so far that have been in the market is that they don't they don't have the versatility of the DSLR in depth of field depth of field you may ask what is that that's the the difference in uh in focus between the object the camera is focused on and the background and the foreground. So if you see a beautiful picture of a face a portrait and their face is very clear, but just in the background, everything just softens up and, and kind of melds together and kind of looks gooey. That beautiful, you know, that depth of field so that, that it looks deep. Oh, you're looking at that, or let's say a bottle or an object object and that object in the that's in focus is just gorgeous and everything outside is sort of like a Picasso painting it's it's that's depth of field and you weren't necessarily able to get depth of field with a lot of these drone cameras or even a GoPro they're very flat so the thing very close is in focus and the thing very far away is in focus as well that's why I carried a DSLR because it offered me the opportunity to get artistic with my video Um, because you can't get so artistic with a flat image. It's these kind of emotional elements of depth of field and and changing these kind of things that create the emotion in a video. So I was carrying around this big hunk and camera and everything, and I'm not saying that I'm going to get rid of it, but this Osmo uh, has options for having a multitude of different lenses mount to the front of this completely stable, compact camera and stabilizer unit. Okay, that's cool. What else does it have? Well, you can hook your iPhone 6 to this device and actually view what's on the camera and control what's on the camera via this viewfinder. Now, my iPhone 6 screen is enormous, a lot more than any LCD that might be on the back of a camera existing today. So, and it's, and in travel terms, it's versatile. I already use my phone for talking, for GPS, for mapping out my trips, for going on the internet. And now I can use it as well to control my camera. It's a great opportunity to utilize some different things. You got to check this thing out. It's fantastic. I, I, I am itching to buy it and uh, it's going to be ready in a month and uh, I'm excited to add that to my kit. Now, Ryan is uh, my potential uh, traveling partner. He's in Los Angeles right now. If you listen to my previous podcast, you know this. He wants to join the Jaya World Tour and be on his own tour. And, and not be on his own tour, but do his own thing. But in tandem with me, we'll ride together for a little while as long as he feels comfortable. But he's in the States, so it affords me an opportunity to buy some really good quality electronics and stuff and have it have him bring it with me. So I've been kind of looking at my uh, toy list and figuring out what else I need. So um, 
one of those things is for my DSLR camera, there's a beautiful uh, thing. It's called a Cam Ranger. It's a small device that hooks to your uh, DSLR camera and is, again, useful and versatile because it sends the signal and operating instructions of the camera to your phone. So you can utilize your phone as a camera controller off-site, which was something I had a lot of trouble with because uh, one of the things about DSLRs is that the focus and the controlling and everything is done behind the camera. You have to be behind the camera in order to uh, focus on an object, to turn the camera on, to turn the camera off, to, to snap a picture. It's all very uh, manual, um, which is another reason why it's so artistic, because it gives you all of these options. You're, you're molding the clay of the video. But for me, I really wanted to get in front of the camera. A lot of my travel logs are me speaking to the camera, me doing these different things. So I, um, I wanted an opportunity to get behind the camera, and this Cam Ranger does that. It's been out on the market for a while, but I've never really looked into it, and I looked into it yesterday, and with Ryan coming from the States, it's a stateside kind of product. I can get this thing and have it sent to China. It's really awesome. Another uh, gear, another piece of kit that I'm going to get is something to enhance these podcasts. Now, um, doing a podcast is great, and you can do it from an iPhone. You can do it uh, on pocket recorders. You can do it on a lot of different things. But like me speaking into this H4n audio recorder gives you such a beautiful volume of sound. And, uh, you know, you got to sacrifice weight for quality in this aspect, but I'm going to buy a pair of dynamic microphones. What these will do is they will give me a beautiful, rich sound anywhere I am in the world. And I, I envision in my mind me sitting in some jungle somewhere uh, with a villager or with a local and communicating with them and doing a podcast and allowing you to feel like you're sitting here with me while I talk. And you're going to meet that person through audio um, and, and, and the audio is going to be so beautiful. And, and these dynamic mics, again, they're a, uh, they're a product I can get in America a little bit cheaper. I'm going to have them sent to Ryan, and then he's going to bring them. The other thing that it'll, it'll do is it'll allow me to do a two-person podcast with either a fellow traveler or Ryan himself. Ryan is going to be really integrated into the podcasting genre. He wants to start up his own, and I think that he'll partner with me on a lot of the podcasts that we do along the way. And, and Ryan will add a, a real flavor to the trip because he's a guy that's extremely free-spirited, free spirited. where I'm thinking about the, like sort of the business and the nuts and bolts of things. He's thinking about the freedom aspect of travel, and he will really shed a unique perspective on on the trip and bring a little bit of uh, drama and, and, and some really cool opinions to this podcast. And uh, so I'm really excited to be doing partner podcasts with him. It, it, doing a partner podcast, I couldn't do it out of this uh, recorder. I would have to extend another microphone to him. So I'm going to buy two of these dynamic microphones. It's going to add a little bit of weight. It might add uh, I don't even want to think about it. I think it's, 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 it's almost a, a half of a pound. But uh, what it'll do for me with regards to um, 
to to quality is going to be huge. Um, so that is another piece of equipment that I am going to have uh, very soon. It's going to enhance the what I'm doing on the road. I'm constantly trying to enhance. And, and if this Osmo actually comes through, it might offset an incredible amount of weight that I've already gained in lenses and gear uh, with the 5D Mark III and uh, give me stabilization as well. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in this, uh, and I feel like this is going to do the tour, uh, bring it to the next level. And I'm always trying to take this to the next level, especially me in stagnant mode here, waiting for things to happen. This is the time that I can kind of rebuild. Ever since the accident, I've been thinking, I've got to do it better, I've got to do it stronger, and I've got to fix the errors of the, of the past and improve on, uh, on, on the things I'm doing right now. Having good gear for me is something that I want, and, and I have to sacrifice speed and sacrifice a lightness. You know, uh, but uh, that's my mission. Everybody has a mission. Everybody has a purpose. And you heard from the last podcast what my inspiration is. And this fits into my inspiration as far a part of my gear. Um, I'll get into the specifics of my my actual writing kit and what I'm taking with me in a future podcast. I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, these new uh, options that are coming my way because I've been looking at them. As a matter of fact, they're staring at me, uh, staring me in the face right now, these beautiful new toys that will be brought by Ryan when he gets here. And you know what? Uh, we are looking at uh, almost the 35 or 40 minute mark. I think think that uh, my path around the world and my plan for travel requires a little bit more uh, focus than kind of tagging it at the end of a podcast I've already gone to length on about other things. So I'm going to leave this one. I'm going to tie this one up. Annie just messaged me. She said coming back from uh, Shanghai on a, on a trip for work. And uh, so uh, I've got to wrap some things up. So I'm going to tie this one off. This was a little bit about video gear, and it kind of alluded to what I like to do on the, on the road and how I'm planning to do some video. It's kind of interesting to talk about video while I'm editing video. I'm staring at uh, the next vision of the next video I'm producing for the travelogue. It should be a really beautiful one. I have some really good surprises that are wrapped up, and uh, it'll be a really nice video. I think anybody could watch this one and understand what I've done in the past and they could kind of bring themselves up to speed on where I am right now, what happened with the accident, where I was on the road, what I plan for the future. And, uh, the next travel log will be like bringing everybody up to, uh, up to present day basically. Um, so let me wrap it up. Um, Thanks for listening. Uh, if you have time and you want to see more about the trip, I have a beautiful map page that you should actually brush up on because I'm going to go over everything on that map in my next podcast. So go to jayo.com, J-A-Y-O-E.com, and check out the map page. There's a link at the top you can check out. 
And uh, while you're there, you can click on links. You can check out whatever you want. Uh, I'm doing some redesign on the website, so the blog page is a little bit of a mess. But eventually, very soon, maybe even a couple of days, it'll be really clean, really beautiful. So take a look at that. Also, if you are on Facebook, you can go to Jayo Life, J-A-Y-O-E-L-I-F-E, and uh, join my page. I uh, Probably the most updates on the entire tour are housed there at Jayo Life. Uh, beyond that, there is a uh, YouTube page where all my videos are. Just search for Jayo. Thanks again for listening and keep in touch. And remember, all you need to do is add a little fuel to life and it can get a whole lot better. Jayo. <laughs>